Hey there, and welcome to Networking School, a podcast to sharpen your networking knowledge and add to your network. Join me each week for powerful interviews, strategies you can implement immediately, and connections to professionals you need to know. My name is Tish Times, and I am a sales and networking expert. I've been in the connection business my entire career, and for more than 10 years, I have been teaching entrepreneurs and sales teams to stop wasting time and money with ineffective networking. In addition to running a professional networking organization, I am in love with coaching entrepreneurs to sell with authority and network with confidence. Some of my clients have increased their income by more than 300% with the intentional networking strategies that I teach. It's time to stop playing with your income. It's time for more connections, more confidence, and more clients. It's time for networking school. Today, I am excited because I have a new client, new friend, Karen Kent Dean, here on Networking School Podcast. And Karen, I'm glad to have you for many, many reasons that the audience will get to hear about in a moment. But why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and tell us something that we're not going to read in your bio. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be here. And I'm so excited to work with you and for the opportunity to talk with you today. Um, I think that one thing that I'd like to share that isn't in my bio is that I've always been painfully shy. And so being on a podcast like this or several of the others that I've been on recently is, is a new muscle that I'm exercising. And so I appreciate the opportunity and I'm so excited to talk about what we do today. Well, I'm excited too. And it's funny because you without realizing it rolled right into my next question, (laughs) because believe it or not, Karen, I don't know that I would consider myself shy, but I dealt with confidence and just self-identity for so long. The beginning of my life, people thought, because by the way, we've not been in the same room. I'm five foot 11. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm not like, I, I don't like shy, you know, hide away when I walk into a room, people notice me, but my confidence was so bad and people would approach me, but I wouldn't always approach people and I definitely wouldn't speak up for myself. So The question I love to ask is, you know, did you have to kind of develop confidence? And if so, tell me a little bit about that journey. Confidence is definitely something that I've had to develop with having always been painfully shy. Being a business owner had its challenges because networking is really hard when you're uncomfortable talking with other people. And so it's definitely a muscle that I've I've had to develop and exercise. And I think the thing that's helped me is the fact that there's so many people who who need this kind of business support that we offer. And I know I'm solving a major problem in making their lives better. And I'm really passionate about the work we do in solving problems and creating opportunities or identifying opportunities for others. And so that's what's really helped me step into the spotlight, so to speak. Well, first of all, I think you just helped a lot of people. I really do. Because I've, I've always said that when we're more concerned or more passionate about helping the people that need us the most, it kind of helps us break down some of our own walls. And so you just confirmed that for so many people, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I've heard from my business coaches and mentors. And it takes time to figure out that it's really not about you. 
It's about who you're meant to serve. And so, and I think having confidence in how we serve our clients and, you know, it takes time to figure that out too. So I'm really confident in how we do that and how we help our clients and the results have been really powerful for both our clients and um, my business and my team. Very, very cool. Again, I'm so glad. Thank you for being honest and just sharing that. Because it's it's one thing when someone, I know for, for me, people kind of make the assumption that I'm an extrovert and that I'm super confident and all those things. And it's been a journey for sure. And I'm not an extrovert. I'm a very high performing introvert, <laughs> to be honest. But when I say it, people sometimes think, oh yeah, that's not you. And I'm like, yeah, it actually is. So share with me, if you will, what are some of the things that you do, especially around networking, that help you to get past that shyness and help you to really show up well for the people who need you the most? I think the biggest thing I do is I just make certain that I have space before and after for quiet Yeah. because that's what recharges me. I really enjoy the networking when I'm there and I'm doing it, but I also know that I need time a little bit later to just decompress and think and just have quiet time. And it might be working quiet time, but it's quiet time where I'm not talking with others on on stage. Love, 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 love that you're sharing this because it is so true. Even, you know, I just, I did a training this week for another client and I build that in. I literally, it's like, you know what people think when you're on, you're on and you're on all the time. And I'm like, nope, I need time before and I need time after. (laughs) I need quiet to be able to, yeah, to refuel, right? Yeah, and everybody recharges differently. But for me, you know, I really love connecting with people and talking with them about um, how they serve and how we can support them. And then I need time to recharge and that's okay. (laughs) Some people can go all day with meetings and and that's just not me. It's not. And I think it's it's important as, as, especially as business owners, that we embrace who we are and give ourselves permission to just be that person, right? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So why don't you share exactly what you do? Because now that people know that you're passionate about it and then you're, you've been able to get past some of that shyness in order to share your gift, tell us a little bit about that gift and how you serve your clients. So my company is called Once Upon an RFP and we support other businesses who work with big business and government, generally providing professional services, IT or consulting related products and services. And We support them with their proposals. Um, We work with clients three ways. We can support clients with creating their signature services proposal so that they can stand in their brilliance and confidently present what they have to offer to their prospects. Um, We provide a la carte services. So if businesses want to try working with our team or just have, say, an occasional need, whether it's proactive proposal support or RFP support, um, we can offer that kind of service as well. And we also offer a two-year transformational retainer where we take our clients' proposals from chaos to done, and we really transform their business so that they have a stable, growing business. And I think the biggest challenge that our clients have, and I have had this too in the past, is you work to win a client, you do the work, and then you're back to working to win a client. And so that creates inconsistent revenue. And so we are the people behind the people who are brilliant at the work that they do, but we help keep their business development engines going on the back end, which is especially important with the request for proposal process and government procurement. 
Oh man, that is so amazing. I I know having been in the that sector that bid on, you know, proposals on a regular basis in the staffing world in my previous life if you will. I know what that's like to feel like you're always like striving trying to find new clients and trying to get that proposal just perfect and not knowing what the c- competitors are doing. Um how did you get into this work? Share a little bit about why this is something you're passionate about. Well, this is something that needs to change, but right now nobody grows up to be a proposal writer or proposal professional. And that is exactly my background as well. I finished a master's in library and information science in what, 2007, no, 1997. So almost well over 20 years ago. And I met the founder of a new software company in that industry, and they needed subject matter experts to support that RFP response process because, you know, they were I mean, that, that was how they got new business and they didn't have enough people to do it. And they needed people who were expert librarians to facilitate that process and um, answer the questions that they would normally have to bring in an ex- executive to work on. And so I fell into the work. I found I was really good at it because I'm really good at project management and following directions and telling stories. Yeah. And so that's how I fell into the work. And 20 some years later, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still here. So... So tell us a little bit about how you use networking to grow your business, because sometimes people think when they're solo entrepreneurs and they only sell to people like themselves, it makes perfect sense to do networking. But when you're working with organizations that are trying to sell to big business, to government, to local government, all that, it may not make sense to them. Tell us how you use networking to grow your business, Karen. Well, I think it's really easy to sit back and think you know where your ideal clients are. But one of the great things about networking is that you never know who you're going to meet or who they know. And my company name is actually Filter. Depending upon where I'm networking, if somebody is, I'm meeting somebody there and they have absolutely nothing to do with government business and they don't know what an RFP is, they'll look at me like, what are you talking about? What do you do? And I say, Oh, well, I support businesses with their business development process. Let's talk about you. But for the people who know what an RFP is, their eyes light up. They say, oh, I need you, or I wish I'd known you when. And they usually know if they don't need our support themselves, they usually know somebody who does. And so um, networking is really about getting comfortable talking about who you are, how you serve your clients, and I don't know, leveraging others' networks, um, whether you're connecting them with opportunities or they're connecting you with opportunities. And it's just, a, it's something that I had no idea I would enjoy so much. Wow. Well, that, and that's great. I know, um, I'll tell you for me, just being completely honest, <laughs> I teach networking. I've been teaching it for years. I've been doing it for years. And I still sometimes struggle with, oh my God, I got to go show up. <laughs> I don't necessarily <laughs> um, but, but like you said, that passion kind of drives me. So the people who are listening to you and probably need what you have to offer and are kind of thinking, wow, she can show up. So can I, what would you say to that person who really struggles with just showing up and makes excuses and figures out reasons that they don't want to sh- you know, go to a networking event online or offline? What would you say to that person? I would say just show up yeah. because usually there's some sort of fear that prevents us from wanting to show up and fear is just, I don't know, not knowing what's going to happen. And so 
why project what we think is going to happen on the event? Just go in with an open mind and give yourself the time afterwards yeah. to decompress. But I think in the long run, exercising that muscle is really important. It's an, it's an incredibly important life skill and it allows you to really serve the way you want to serve. And so you can really have a bigger impact the more you network and grow your circle. I love that. So true. Absolutely true. I mean, it, that, that's the thing that kind of makes me go, you know what, just suck it up and go. <laughs> and I'm always glad that I went, even when I didn't really want to show up in the first place. So I totally, totally get that. Who do you believe, Karen, you are uniquely gifted to serve? I know many times as entrepreneurs, we think that the world is our client and everybody needs us. And, and that might be true on some level, but not everybody, um, you're not gifted to serve everyone. Who do you believe you're uniquely gifted to serve? Well, we really love working with solopreneurs through small businesses. Um, we can work with any business that responds to RFPs as a part of their business development life cycle. However, helping those small businesses develop thriving, growing businesses and helping to connect them through what can be a really complex, frustrating process with the clients who need them so they can get that work that they need and that their clients need them to do is really you know, how we serve. And it's this is not work that everybody enjoys. However, the people who are on our team, we really do enjoy this work. Um, we're really good at figuring things out, kind of like you'd never expect a librarian to do surgery. Well, proposal writers don't necessarily know how to do your work. However, we're really good at managing the complexity, doing the project management, collaborating with you, and communicating in a way that your clients will understand about the work you do. Because honestly, your clients aren't the experts either. And so having someone um, help to translate the nuances and complexities of what you do in a way that appeals to your clients is where we're really uniquely qualified. Oh, and it, it's it's a really fun aspect of our work. Oh, wow. And I, I'm sure you've heard this before. So let's just kind of break down that barrier for that small business owner, that entrepreneur who's maybe working alone or working with one or two people. And they're thinking, oh, I can never afford that. That's not something that I could afford. What do you say to those people who need you the most and probably don't call you because they think they can't afford to have someone help them with their RFP process? Well, I think the most important thing is to know that it's probably not as expensive as you think. Mm -hmm. However, at the same time, it's such an incredible investment in you, your sanity, and in helping your business become a stable growing entity. You wouldn't want just any, you wouldn't want a dentist to do brain surgery, right? And yes. probably vice versa, although perhaps a, a neurosurgeon could do the dental work, but you don't really want them to because that's not their area of expertise. Many of the clients who work with our, for us for the first time have had other organizations support them in some way or other individuals support them in some way with the RFP process. And they're not experts in this work. So they don't understand how to mitigate the risk, how to create compliant, client-focused proposals that are easy to read. And they, they just create risk and they create frustration and they create chaos. And so when you work with somebody who's really expert at this, we're really good at taking, mining what you do have and pulling you in where you need to be brought in and helping you get across the finish line. Um, our proposals are always 100% compliant, 100% on time. And 
we get our clients to the next phase of the deal. And how can you put a price on that? If you don't get a seat at the table, then all of that frustration is perhaps a lesson, but it doesn't get move your business forward in the way that it does when you actually get a seat at that table. Oh my God, that's such such good information. You know, I, I remember, and I don't think I've shared this story with you, Karen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of peel the onion back and share this with you. I remember bidding on a what I wanted to be a contract for a university. And I spent all of this time and <laughs> just, you know, not knowing what I what I now know, knowing that there are people like you who can help with this process. And I spent hours and late nights and early mornings and trying to get this um, proposal prepared in order to submit it for this contract. And I remember there was literally like, almost like a dot that wasn't, you know, done over the eye or a T that was across something so minute. And I was able to get the debrief and realize it was just that one little thing that I missed that literally kind of disqualified me from being able to move to that next round. And so for those people who are trying it on their own and thinking, you know what, I can do it. I I just, it'll take me longer, but I can figure it out. What would you say to those people who just don't know that there's little nuances that could make or break your possibility of getting to that next round or gaining that contract? Oh, gosh. I know it's really easy to try to wear all of the hats in your business. Yeah. However, that's a really painful lesson to learn, especially if you have to go through that process several times. So I guess I would just say, you know, look, ask for help. Like I've kind of learned the same thing in my business. It's really easy to wear or try to wear all the hats, but investing in expert help makes all the difference. And I think your clients respect you when you are bringing in the kind of help you need to support a project. So perhaps you're doing a cloud migration. Would you, the person selling that, do 100% of the work yourself or would you bring on support for that specific project? And I think when you think of in the grander scheme and what your vision is for your business, if you would bring in your help for that, then bring in help for your proposals too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're right, it was painful and it was painfully expensive. Because just the little things, you know, I know a lot of the things we do now are more digital, but at that time I had to get X amount of packages made and I had to have them printed and, you know, sealed a certain way and all of that stuff. So it was expensive. It was painful. And it was embarrassing because now I'm like, they're never going to hire me now. And I didn't do that one little thing. Right. Right. And your clients want to know that you're easy to work with. And so when you can't support them in the way that you ask them to support them because they need something that way, they're not going to come back and work with you. They are not. You definitely want to give them a great first impression. And it's hard to do that when they just do the compliance check and you're out the door before you even get started. Exactly. So, so true. So one other question that comes to mind for me is, what do you think the importance of you know, getting to know, building relationships, because I always, you know, is, is talking about networking, I often say that relationships are the catalyst for success. And I know that there are some barriers to being able to build relationship with contracting officers and some of those bigger organizations, but how do you, how would you describe the relationship that needs to be in place for the, the organizations that you want to do work for and you want to begin to, you know, fill out those RFPs or have someone help you fill out with those fill out those RFPs. Is there something that is to be said about building relationships with those organizations? Absolutely. And very like there are always proposals or RFP opportunities that are completely based upon lowest price, technically acceptable. Yeah. 
However, in most cases, they want to know that you have delivered or you're capable of delivering what you're offering. And that's where developing relationships is so critical to winning the work when it comes to proposals. And we help our clients develop a strategy for building those relationships. Like how do you communicate with your clients about, or your prospects when they're they're not even your client and they don't know you yet about who you are and how you can help them. And if you start to identify who will actually benefit from the work you do and talk to them, build that relationship before that RFP drops, perhaps you can even have help them develop the RFP in a way that serves their organization better because they're not necessarily the expert. They're, you know, the person or the department that benefits from it in the end, or they're the contracting officer. And so um, anything you can do to add value and develop that relationship before there's even an opportunity to win their business yeah. is it's really important. You want them to know you who you are and they want that you want them to like you and to trust you before they even contract with you. So glad you said that. I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, talk around, you know, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't say that and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, they're people, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah Unless you're people. in a very, very narrow niche where there are only a few players and everybody's known, then don't throw spaghetti at the wall. Don't respond to every RFP that you can find because you can find all sorts of requests for proposals in your industry. But take the time to figure out what actually makes sense to respond to. Where can you leverage your network and request introductions? What legislation might be or um, compliance issues might be coming up that you can start helping them solve before they even actually become official? And if you can help your clients with those sorts of things ahead of time, then they're going to have a much they have a positive opinion of you when they read your proposal. I love that. One other thing that comes to mind, what would you say about the importance of networking in specific organizations that might help you to understand who's needing the things that you do, like your um, diversity supplier networks or, you know what I mean, those women-owned business networks where they're specifically allowing you to meet the players that are going to need your business in the future? What would your thoughts be around that? Oh, I think that's a critical aspect. And especially because there are so many contracts where you need to leverage your connections or make certain that you bring in someone with to support a specific aspect of the set-aside for that opportunity. Networking is absolutely critical and meeting the players who might need the work that you do before opportunities arise is really critical as well. Um, those industry days and networking opportunities save with organizations like WeBank are really critical to developing the relationships that you'll you'll need to grow your business. I love that. I know that both in my previous business and this current business, sometimes I've sat down to look at those opportunities to get certified as a women-owned business owner or a minority business owner, and it's so daunting. <laughs> Is it worth the time to get those certifications in order to make it easier for someone like you to help us get those RFPs across the finish line? Absolutely. I had no idea until I became certified as a business owner um, through WeBank, a woman-owned business owner through WeBank, that they have so many support services that are at no cost to us. Yes, it's an investment to get certified in both time and resources because there is a fee, 
to support that process. However, once you get to the other side, the opportunities to network with other business owners who complement the work you do or to whom you can refer your clients, because I think it always shows our clients that we care when we refer them to another expert in an area that they might need. And then the other meeting um, opportunities to meet corporate diversity officers and actually learn how to manage our own businesses as well, because they have those services are really incredible. And I, I wish I had known, you know, you make assumptions that it's just getting that stamp or being able to post that logo next to your own business logo that you're going for, but really it's so much more valuable than I could have ever imagined. And I'm recommending to every business owner I know get certified because there's so much benefit to doing that. Wow. Well, I'm so very glad that I've had the opportunity not only to speak with you myself, but I am so excited for our audience to hear this because there are so many people who need what you have to offer who are just struggling on their own and not getting any, you know, they're not getting anywhere on their own. So Karen, the people who are listening to this and saying, oh my God, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that existed. How do you want them to get in touch with you? Well, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. They can, we have forms on our website where they can link or request a um, a call with us and our phone numbers on our website as well. So um, our website's once upon an RFP.com and you can find us on LinkedIn there as well. So. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to put those links in the show notes. And if you have additional questions, I highly, highly recommend that you reach out to Karen and her team at once upon an RFP. Don't continue to strive and struggle on your own. There's someone who can help you to get beyond where you currently are and really help you to develop a business development, you know, real structure and process they can really change your business. Karen, thank you again for being here with us today. And we will definitely, we'll probably do a top part two in the fall and talk about some other things. So thanks for being here with us today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Networking School. Make sure you head over to tishtimes.com to take my complimentary quiz to determine if you are ready for big sales in your business. Frequently, we say things like, I want to make more money, I want to increase my revenue, but we don't always have the things necessary to receive big sales in our business. Once you complete your quiz, you'll have an opportunity to schedule time to debrief with me so we can talk about what needs to happen for you to really increase your revenue in your business. Don't forget that networking is the entry point to your sales process. And so you want to make sure that not only are you networking well, but you have the things in place to make big sales in your business. Make sure to follow and subscribe to Networking School on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other wonderful places where you get your podcasts. I would be so grateful if you left a review of the show and also make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I can't wait to see you next week here on Networking School.